Right, now we're good. Am I coming out through here as well? Am I working? Once went to a preaching seminar and David Pawson said he'd go a whole long list of things that you shouldn't do when you're preaching and things that you should do. One of the things you shouldn't do when you're preaching is stand in front of an open window. For the simple reason, people look at what's interesting on there, not at you. Well, there's nothing I can do about that this morning, but if I catch anyone looking out that window, <laughs> right? Right, I've got some breaking news to give you this morning. For those of you who haven't heard, I'm going to be a granddad twice this year. Karen's not having twins, Neil and Emma are having a baby. Wonderful news. So, I'm uber excited. I can't wait. Granddad to be a granddad, you can call me granddad any time from now on. Nice glass of seventy, yeah? Yeah, yeah, sounds good, yeah. Actually, we're all the granddads here. I don't want to talk to anyone else for a couple of minutes, just talk to the granddads. What I want to know is, they always say that when you have grandchildren, it's good. You, at least you can give them back at the end of the day. Actually, Granny, do you want to give them back? Not always. Not always. No, no. That's what I assume. Oh, and the other thing is, do granddads have to change nappies? No. No. I like that one. No. That's it. Hey. Someone said no, right? That's it. I'm in. I'm in the clear. Right. And the other big thing is, I've almost, I've, I've almost reached the age of, of where I can say, Granddad. It sounds 60, 60 this year. It's, Big one, really, but you know, I can think I'll call myself a granddad now at 60, can't I? <laughs> right. Last week we looked at the heart of worship and we did two parts. We did the Old Testament and we did the New Testament. And really we looked at the people rather than the worship they were giving. We looked at what their heart attitude was and where they were coming from. And the fact that the people of Israel were the chosen ones. They were chosen by God and they were God's people. And they were called to proclaim his praise. That's why God chose them. That's why God called them to proclaim his praise. We looked at the fact that they, um, there was lots of laws they had to live under to actually be pure for God. So they knew all, all through their days that they were actually doing something that brought them to the Sabbath when they could actually worship. And also the whole sacrifice regime that was on. That, that, that they had that, it was things they had to do so that they could come into the place where God was. And they would come knowing who God was. They knew his awesomeness. They knew his powerfulness. They knew about how wonderful he was. But they still couldn't go through that curtain. There's that, still that curtain between them and God. As much of God's presence that they might experience, there was still more behind that curtain. And they still knew that the Messiah was to come, and they hadn't got there yet. And then Sam came out and told us what it was like once the curtain had been torn in two. And the, and the people in the New Testament were where we are now, in that place where we come before the throne room of God, where we can bring our prayers and our praise and our worship to him directly, because Jesus now has, has paid the price. He's redeemed us and saved us, so we can come into that place. So I've got to take my glass off to read. I think I said that last week. No. <laughs> so we skipped over a whole lot. We covered the whole Old Testament and the New Testament in one foul swoop. But it was really to see that the people had a heart for worship. They had a heart for God. They knew who he was and wanted to come into that place and be with him. And we can now come into that throne room because of Jesus. So what I'm going to talk about this morning, really, there isn't anything new. But it's the old things that are really good. The things that we've covered over the last few months. We've covered about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We did a bit about the body of church, the body, us being the body of Christ. And then there was a bit a few weeks ago about the Holy Spirit. And that's all part of our worship, all part of what we have to give in worship. 
So I want to try and bring all those things together this morning. So hopefully I've done that, and we can see how they all work for us, for the good, for the common good, for us as a church to exalt, to, to extol God and who He is. You've all seen programs on TV where there's um, they all they all, all go in, all go into church, and there's the vicar up in the pulpit giving a sermon, and then at the end they all walk out and they shake hands. Nice, nice word, vicar. Nice word, vicar. Nice word. And then they go off and live their daily lives. We don't want to be like that. We want to be the people of God that are changed by the words we hear. We are changed by the scriptures. We don't just walk out and forget about it for the rest of the week. So our whole life declares who God is and declares his praise. That's part of our worship. That's what we're here for on a Sunday morning. That we might be affected by what God does, what God does and what God says. So we don't go out and just shake Sam's hand or me if I've spoken and say, nice word. It's got to be affecting our hearts and our lives and every, every part of our daily life. The same as in the Old Testament, the Israelites were living under the law and living everything they did to glorify God. We're to be the same. Our lives are to reflect who God is. Now, I want to start off with three questions. I'll bring them again at the end, slightly differently. But three questions, maybe we can use these for cell groups as well. We'll, we'll see. When we come on a Sunday... When we come here on a Sunday morning, what are our expectations for what is going to happen? Are they high? Are they low? What do we think is going to happen? Do we even think about what is going to happen here on a Sunday morning? Do we think it's just going to be the normal thing? We're going to hear a word, have some praise, have a coffee, then go home. What, do we actually, what are our expectations when we come? The second question, what do you want to happen? What would you like to experience when you come here on a Sunday morning? What would you like to happen on a Sunday? And third question, what do you think God wants to happen? What is God's ideal for when we come together on what is effectively the Sabbath for us into his presence, into the throne room of God? What do you think God wants to happen? We looked last week at how the people came in awe. They came to worship him. They knew his power. They had fear and reverence for who he was. They knew the sovereignty of God. They came with thanksgiving in their hearts for all the wonderful things he had done. They came with love. They loved him. And more for us, we come wanting to know more of Jesus. We come wanting to know more of who he is and how we can be like him. Worship is an expression of our love for Jesus and for the things he did on the cross. An expression of our faith. It's what we're called to do. We're called to proclaim his praise. Do you come on a Sunday morning to give or receive? Sometimes we come just to rest in God's presence. The week has been so bad, we just come here to rest. That's fine. We come sometimes to rest. But other times, do we actually come to give or receive? Well, I've got news. We come to give to God his praise and worship. But God is such a generous God, he pours out things on us on a Sunday morning. And we all receive. So, whatever we come for, God will always bless us. God will always give us something if we're ready to listen and open. So, in our worship time, in the word time, God is there ready to pour out something upon us. We come to praise him. We come to give him glory. We come to extol his holy name, to thank him for the wonderful things he's done. And because he's so generous, he will pour out blessing upon us. So, we receive because we come to give. When we come on Sundays, we should be prepared. We should be ready for whatever's going to happen. And we should be ready to bring something. Now, I make no excuses for bringing this scripture. I think it was read at least three times last year, if I remember rightly. But I'll bring it again. 
you almost know what I'm going to say. Corinthians 14, 26. What, what then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an, in, of in, or an inspiration, sorry, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. We need to get ready to bring something on a Sunday. If we're not, the church is missing out. All of these have to be done so that we might be strengthened, so that we might be brought together. I'll say a little bit more about that later on, so we'll leave that one. So, I just want to lay out just some of the things that we bring on a Sunday morning. Some of the, things, some of the different things that um, we do. So our worship itself. There's a lot of music involved. Now... What I want to ask, who's got some favourite groups? Who likes rock music, general rock music? I know Paul's an ACDC and that sort of thing fan. <laughs> who, likes heavy, who likes heavy rock? We've got a couple of heavy rockers. Anyone like rap? Anyone like rap music? Some of it. I'll take a bit of rap music. How about country? Have we got any country people? People like country. Oh, look, we've got a few hands up. Well, if you go and see Ruth afterwards, have a word with Ruth about country music. She loves it. <laughs> We all like different sorts of music. We are all affected by music in some way or another. Is there anyone actually who doesn't like music? Any hand, people who can give, it, give or take it, you know, not bothered? No, I think we're all in some ways, we like some sort of music of some kind. God has given us music for worship. God has given us some music that we might enjoy, that we might be able to use it for him. Now, I've got an admission here. This is a terrible admission, I'm afraid. So I've got to bring, I've got to let you know where I'm coming from. Worship music is not my go-to music at home to listen to. It's not my music that I would listen to normally. I don't find any real depth in worship music, to be honest with you, to actually listen to it. But on a Sunday morning, or if I'm playing it, or using it somewhere else for, for actual purpose, it really grips me, simply because of the words that are being used. Because we're coming and we experience something of God, we experience something of Jesus. So on a Sunday morning, when we sing out those words, there's something in there, there's a, there's a depth. We actually meet with it. So music itself, I can give or take, I can leave. But wh when we actually come in worship, it's something different. We actually are meeting with God, we're meeting with Jesus, and those words are coming from the heart, rather than just listening to the tunes. The tunes are secondary in some respect. God has given us the worship, that we, the, the, the music, that we might be able to come into his presence and enjoy just being with him. Now, I don't know, some of you might remember, quite a few years ago, Sue Collins put on a concert. And she did it for a charity, and we were playing, we were playing all sorts of songs, but Sue bought some ABBA songs. Now, is there any ABBA fans here? No. I feel sorry for you, I really do. ABBA? No, no way, come on. Let's be true. But we had to play five ABBA songs, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, because I engaged with the music. You know, I was in there, I was playing it, loving it, enjoying it. But I won't put ABBA, Tina will put ABBA on at home. I think I've hidden all the ABBA CDs away, actually. We haven't had it playing for a long time. In your car. Yeah, in the car. Yeah. yeah. But it's a matter of engaging with something. Whether the music actually is what our style of music is engaging with. So the worship, we engage with it. We engage with Jesus. We pour our heart out before him. Whatever the music is like, we give it to him. Now, in the Old Testament, we read that... Um, the well, you can imagine what one trumpet would sound like in this hall. They're loud, aren't they? Let's face it, they're loud. So imagine 2,000 trumpets in the temple, what it must have been like. There's no way they could not have engaged with the noise and the worship that was going on. 
And you've heard people say about Stonely, about when we used to go away, I don't know how many of you remember the Stonelys and the, and the Bible weeks, the noise and the singing, in, in, you engage with it because of the volume, because of what's going on, because all the people around you just brings you into the presence of God. But God's no less here than in any of those big meetings. Very good. Just because it's quiet doesn't mean we're engaged, we can, that God's any further away. He's still here with us. So it's a matter of us engaging with him, us bringing ourselves to God, not the music bringing ourselves in. The music's there as a tool, if you like, to help us and encourage us. But it's our relationship that's important. It's our heartfelt love for God that's important, our heartfelt love for Jesus that brings us to that place of worship. You can worship on your, home, on your own at home, just, just on your own if you wanted to, and God would still be there. Now, I don't have any problem. Maybe it's because I enjoy music so much. I just love music. I have music playing all the time. You ask, you ask Tina, I'll come in. She said, why do you always come through the front door singing? And it's because I've always had music on in the car. The last tune I've, heard, tune I've heard is going through my head and I'm singing away. So it's always there. I've almost lost my point now. <laughs> but um, I've as well. <laughs> yeah, so music is always there. But, but it's, our, it's our heartfelt appreciation of God that comes out in our singing and our worship. And I can worship in a small group. I know some of the, some of the um, groups don't have worship in them because people find it difficult just to, just, to, just to worship in a small group. I don't have any problem if it's one or two. And it might be because of my appreciation of music that I can worship just with two people. I can meet with Sam and have a great time of worship. Now, some of us can't. We know it's not, it's not always easy. But it's where, where the heart's coming from. It's what we're giving to Jesus. Now... We can give the worship team a problem, can't we, sometimes? Remember Rita? How many of you remember Rita Cronin? How she always used to start a song off. There's nothing wrong with any of us starting a song off and giving the worship team a problem for trying to find the chord and go with it. It's all part of us bringing something on a Sunday, actually bringing a song. There's no, it says, some bring a hymn. You can bring a song on a Sunday and give the worship team a problem. Let them have the problem of uh, where do we go with this from now. Let's, let's just enjoy, it's, it's a matter of enjoying God and enjoying the worship. Let's not just sing songs because they're on the screens. Sometimes we can look at the words and maybe just sing them and think, well, I don't know whether I can really mean that. If you don't mean it, don't sing it, I would say. And get before God and say, why am I not able to sing that? Now, sometimes, I'm afraid, it might be the song that's wrong. Sometimes the songs might have iffy lines. I'm not going to say that all the songs we sing are 100% fantastic. But if you can't sing a song, think, if you can't sing a line, think, why? It's more important that you come to God Let's get the line right. It's more important that we mean what we sing than to sing. It's more important that we mean what we're doing. It doesn't mean anything to God if we just sing a line for the sake of it. Sit down. If, you, if, you, if a song comes up and you can't sing a line, sit down and pray. God, where am I? Why can't I sing that? What's, what's, what do I need to do? How do I need to change? Where, how do I need to feel more about what you're doing in me and what you're saying through this song? We've got a wonderful worship team, haven't we? We've got a good team, we've got a good number. In fact, let's, um, let's stretch our legs. Where are the worship team? Well, hands up all the worship team. All those that are in the worship team. Okay, come and stand in the middle. Come and say, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray. We're going to do something practical this morning. Let's pray for the worship team. Let's embarrass all the worship team. They stand at the front anyway, so they don't mind being embarrassed, do they? Right, come on, all up and gather around them. And let's all pray together for all of them, that God will bless them and that we will get... We will get the richness of what God scored for us out of worship. Just, just go and pick one of them, that's it, and start praying. Just, just let's all pray out. All pray out for them.
And Lord, we just pray that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon our worship team. Lord. Sunday by Sunday, Lord, they might bless us. They come together in the week, Lord, to hear from you, Lord, to, to, to see what songs they, are, they should be doing. Father, we just thank you that, you that you use them, Lord. We thank you for them that they come and faithfully play and worship, Lord, on a Sunday morning, Lord. We just pray that you will bless them in every way, Lord, in their playing, in their singing. But Lord, we do pray that you will pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, in a mighty way upon them, Lord. May they know your presence week by week. May they know they are doing it for your glory and your praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, right. I'll carry on now. The Word of God is powerful two-edged sword, isn't it? And we can use that on a Sunday. There's no reason why we can't bring a word on a Sunday. Bring a scripture. If you've got a scripture that's really blessed you, then share it on a Sunday. Now, it sounds like, you know, we're bringing all sorts of things. I'm asking you to bring all sorts of things and say, just bring anything. Well, it's Sam and Mike's problem to sort it all out at the end, isn't it? Give them a problem. Give them a problem on a Sunday. Bring something from God. Seek God. The, wo- the word can be so powerful in the worship time. If someone brings out a word of praise or or a word that actually speaks of what God has done or what Jesus has done. It can be powerful. It can, be, it can really bring something. It's not just about singing. The word can actually really bring something powerful on a Sunday morning when we're worshipping. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We spoke about these. We had a long period of speaking about the Holy Spirit, about all the different gifts. That's something we believe can be used on a Sunday morning. Something that we can bring. We can't just walk away from a word like that that we had a few weeks ago and be unaffected. We have to be changed by the Word of God. And if we've heard five or six weeks on the gift of the Spirit, we have to do something ourselves to find out what is our part, where do, what do we take from that. Corinthians 12.7 Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So that gift isn't just for you, it's for the common good of the church. It's that everyone might be blessed, everyone might find something else about Jesus because of the gift that you're bringing. It'll bless the whole church, it's not just for you. So it's up to each one of us to bring that gift that God has given us. What, God, what gift has God given you that you might bless the church? Let's ask that again, because we were asked that several months ago. Now I don't know how many people have actually taken that on board and done anything with it, but let's ask it again. What gift has God given you that you might bless the church? Now, I don't want anyone to say they haven't got anything. We've all got something. I, someone spoke, I think Paul spoke a bit about the body of Christ last week, about we, uh, last year. We've all got something to bring. We're all part of the body. So we're all in this together. It's for all of us to, to seek God and to see what he's, got, what he's got for us. So we should be asking God, what part have you got for me to play in the church and in the worship on a Sunday? We've actually, as a, as a growth group, we actually challenged ourselves after, this, after these words, and we wrote on little bits of paper the gifts that we thought God had given us, and the gifts that we thought we should use. Now, I don't know how far we've got with that. We've still got bits of paper probably somewhere, or we certainly all know what we've written down. And I think we've asked ourselves a couple of times on, on, um, on uh, growth group nights, you know, how are we doing with this? And it's a matter of encouraging each other, and praying for each other. And the Bible does say, with the laying on of hands, stir up the gifts that are within you with the laying on of hands. Maybe at a cell group we need to do that sometimes and see what, and see what happens and see what God's doing. But we need to keep reminding ourselves that we've got things that we can bring and asking God for those things to grow in us, those gifts to, to grow in us more and more. The other thing we can bring on a Sunday morning is testimony. 
How much are we encouraged when someone brings a testimony of something that God has done? It's all part of our worship to come and stand out the front, or even stand where you are, and declare what God has done in your life. To say something about where you are now because of what God has done. That encourages us, it builds us up. It lets us see that God is working in other people's lives. Lifestyle. I had to put this one in because it is part of worship. Now, maybe it's not so much here, although it is the way we deal with each other, the way we talk to each other, the way we share with each other, all part of our lifestyle. But the same as it was with the Israelites, for us, our lifestyle outside the church is what proclaims Jesus, is what proclaims the church, is what proclaims who he is and what he's doing in our life. Our lifestyle is all part of our worship, of what we bring on a Sunday morning. The way we live out there should affect the way we are in here. The way we are in here should affect the way we are out there. It's all one thing, it's all together. So again, what we hear in here should affect what we do out there. The way, it, it just all works together. It, it, I, I can't describe it enough about how our lifestyle should reflect the way Jesus is. Now I've just got here, I just wanted to mention a few of the things. We, we call ourselves a charismatic church. So I've just listed a few of the things that you expect to see in a charismatic church. Now, this isn't to say suddenly we should all be doing these things. I just, I just found it a little bit interesting just to look at some of the things. Now, um, one of the first ones is dancing. Paul loves dancing. You know, he's the first one up at any wedding, straight on the dance floor. No trouble. Remember Tundi used to be, he'd always see him wiggling away, wiggling away in the congregation. Was there? It's our expression of love and joy to God. David danced before the Lord. He didn't do it necessarily, he didn't do it in the tabernacle, he just danced at one point because of something that was happening. He danced before the Lord with joy. It's an expression of our love for God. It's an expression of our happiness, of what's going on. Clapping. We're known as Happy Clappers, aren't we? Happy Clappers, known as the uh, Happy Clappy Church. Again, it's a part of the joy of what God is doing. It's, you know, just getting together. I mean, you go out to a concert and you'll clap away, you'll get in, in a football match, you'll clap and shout and roar. It's the same here. We're with God. We're with a mighty, powerful God. We should be joining in absolutely everything that's going on. Lifting of hands. We've seen people lift hands, haven't we? It's just, again, an expression. Now, you hear some people say you've got to do it like that, some people say you've got to do it like that. It doesn't matter. It's, I can remember having discussions with people. No, you lift your hands if you go like that. Oh, no, you lift your hands if you go like that. Just lift your hands to God. An expression of your love, an expression of wanting to receive, an expression of wanting to give to him praise. That's what it's there for. That's why we do it. We don't do it out of show. We do it because we love God. Because we want to express to him our worship and our praise. Sometimes you see people kneeling before God. That's when we understand the majesty and the sovereignty of God. And we just have to fall on our knees because of who he is, because of how wonderful he is, because we can no longer feel we can stand. Standing is an appreciation of God. Standing is what you do when in the presence of royalty. You don't sit, you stand in the presence of royalty. But at some point, sometimes, we just fall upon our knees because we're overcome with the majesty and the sovereignty of God. And we sing out, don't we? We sing out. I've said about Rita coming out and singing songs. It's just part of what happens. Sometimes we feel we've got a song that we're going to sing and we pray out. We pray for other people. It's all part of being involved together, of actually being prepared to actually step out and do something. Step out and, and bless the body. So do you come on a Sunday with something to bring? For me, in, again, it's, I think uh, it might be as, as celebrate our worship uh, <laughs> growth group. We just challenge each other from time to time. And I think I was challenged a few weeks ago about bringing things on a Sunday. 
And I suddenly thought, yeah, maybe I just sometimes just get here on a Sunday and expect things to happen. Carrie brought a, a prophecy which the church has looked at a few weeks ago. She got before God several days beforehand. She didn't wait till she got here. Now, God does that. Sometimes you can just be here and God will give you a word. God will give you a prophecy. God will give you a tongue. But you do have to get before God as well. Carrie got before God several days beforehand and was given that prophecy for the church. We need to be prepared to spend time getting ready for coming. Now, I know it's difficult when you've got children sometimes. I can remember the days when the kids were young, you were racing around trying to get them ready, trying to get their trousers on, and they're running off doing something else. And you get them all in a panic, all in a rush. Yeah, Sam knows all about that now. Neil and Emma are soon to know about it. And Karen and Nathan as well. But, um, yeah, I can remember those days. But we still need to find that time somewhere through the week where we get ourselves ready for Sunday, for what we're going to bring. Let's face it, the person who speaks out the front has to spend time. The worship team spend time. We should all be prepared to spend that little bit of time to bring something on a Sunday and see what God, has, what God has given us. We should never be content with where we are. That sounds quite a harsh statement, doesn't it? I know as a worship leader, I was never content out front. No matter what happened, if God poured out his spirit upon us and we had a fantastic time, you can never say, I've got enough of God. I've got enough of Jesus. There's always more. There's always something more we can find out about God. There's always something more we can step into. There's always more of the presence of God we can search for, we can look for. So on a Sunday morning, let's always be searching for more. Let's always be searching for more of God in the, in the, in the worship time. This is partly a question about the gifts again, but there might be something deeper here. And I've put this down. Have you laid down something that maybe it's time to pick up again? Is there a gift that God has given you that you've pushed aside for a season that maybe now you should be picking up again and saying, okay, yeah, I want to reuse this for the, glor- for the glorify- glorification of God, for, for the building up of church? Or is there a gift that maybe you haven't picked up yet that you think God has given you but you haven't used? And we're not just talking about spiritual gifts, we're talking about any other sorts of gifts that God gives as well. Is there anything you've laid down for a while that maybe you should pick up and start blessing the church again with it. We are together for a reason. We're the body of Christ. We're in this together. We're in this church to, as, to worship together as a team, as a group, as a body. So everything we've got blesses other people. It's not just for us. Anything we've given blesses everyone else. So it's about each one of us taking part. And that includes in the worship as well. Just joining in with what God is doing and what the worship team are doing. How are we going to fulfil what God wants for us in worship if we don't do our part? Right, back to those three questions I asked at the beginning. What do you expect to happen when you come here on a Sunday morning? What do you expect to see? And are your expectations going to change? I just feel that God has brought this word at a time just to bring some things together and, and, and challenging a bit. Of, can we change our expectations for what we want God to see do here on a Sunday morning? Can we expect greater things? And when I ask the question, what do you want to happen? Now I put after that, what are you going to do to bring it about? If you want to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, people healed, people saved, what are you going to do to bring that about on a Sunday morning? 
how's our lives going to change that we might see something powerful and wonderful happen on a Sunday morning? If you want to meet with God here on a Sunday morning, what are you going to do about it? God's here. He's not right at the back. He's not further away because we're not worshipping. He's here with us. So what are we going to do to engage with God, to engage with Jesus on a Sunday morning? What part of our lives are we going to change or what are we going to bring on a Sunday that we might really meet with God? And question three, we can answer. What does God want? God wants our worship and praise and to have fellowship with us and to have his name proclaimed in Faversham. We are one of the churches in Faversham that proclaim the name of Jesus and we proclaim it through his praise. So it's not just in here, it's throughout the town. It's people we know, people we meet with. Our lifestyle of worship is us proclaiming Jesus in Faversham. And if we want to see this church grow and see this, work, this church changed, it starts with us as individuals. It doesn't just start with Sam. It doesn't just start with Mike or anyone else who speaks or anyone else plays at the front. It starts with all of us wanting to see this church go on and to grow. And we are called to be the children of God. And we are called to proclaim his praise. That's our calling. It's almost as if everything we do is for this moment when we worship out the front. We're called to proclaim his praise in Faversham. Thanks. Can we have the worship team back to, to lead us in worship?